Juggling podcast number 60, answers to listeners' questions. And welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 60. My name is Luke Burridge and sitting next to me is... Paula Brendler. Now, uh, this is really feeling a bit silly now because this is the second time we've recorded this introduction because we recorded a whole podcast there, 40 minutes, and then suddenly it's backed out and I was like, what's happening? And I thought, oh no, it's all gone. And then I was like, oh no, what's going to happen? And I thought I deleted the whole thing. And then I thought I deleted the whole of the left channel, which was Polar's channel on this, which I then combine into, normally combine into the full thing. And then I realised that I'd run out of hard drive space on my hard drive inside my laptop that was the problem all along and instead i missed five minutes of polar polar's channel (laughs) but not the whole of polar's channel for the whole podcast and not any of mine for the whole podcast isn't that lucky polar so i did all the really really good funny jokes at the beginning and i'm sorry that you missed that yeah, so now we're just re- having to do this new introduction to the podcast. I can't actually remember what we said. I know it's something like, hey, we're going to the Chapter 2 convention this coming uh, weekend that we're really, really looking forward to. Yeah. Again, we don't have... Something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Again, we don't have the full, uh, we don't have the full enthusiasm going into the second time. I remember that I, I'm looking forward to the Chapter 2 convention because I hope to get some inspiration so that I uh, want to juggle again. Yeah, because since the last podcast, we haven't actually juggled together because we've both been so busy, have we? Oh, and also, I did actually tell a funny story. Well, I thought it was a funny story about me going jet skiing. Um, but uh, Polar... But your channel is still there, isn't it? Yeah, it's still there. I have to listen to it again, do I? No, no, we'll just, oh, we'll just do this. Cause, and the thing is, because it is only me talking and no comments from Polar, because Polar's heard this story once from me and then many times when I've been telling it to other people. So let's just get straight on to this uh, story then, which was my news of my latest gig and uh, that I had fun at. And Polar didn't have a, any juggling news except, hey, we're going to a convention this weekend. And uh, so it might sound a little bit funny until Polar next speaks. <laughs> Otherwise, here you go with the podcast and have fun. Bye. No, not bye. No. Uh, have fun. <laughs> and this bit we just recorded with one microphone instead of two because I couldn't be bothered to plug it all in again. Anyway, here you go. So uh, my my juggling news is this. I found a new thing to put on the list of things that I'm not going to do before doing a juggling show. Now, that might sound a bit of a strange list, um, but once I was doing this juggling show and I had doing this thing, I think it was just on Renegade, and I thought, I'll do some, some funny bit where I tear a, a telephone directory in half, and then I'll do some club juggling. So there's this whole thing where you can tear a, a telephone directory in half, big, fat, chunky book, um, because if you sort of bend it over in the right way, you tear it, and it tears just one page at a time, and you can tear it. But of course, you make it look that it's really, really hard. Some kind of skinny man, strong man act is what I was going for. And of course, you can with your hands. And then I was like, ah, oh, phew, did it, ripped it in half. Everyone gives a round of applause, or half of the people in the audience give a big round of applause because it's Renegade. And then I tried juggling clubs. And of course, my hands didn't work at all because you started having to grip so tightly to do it. And of course, I was like, and now some clubs. And I was like, uh, my hands aren't working. So anyway, I was doing this uh, cruise ship gig um, last weekend. I went to Turkey, and I didn't really have a lot of time to do stuff in this in this uh, sort of touristy town because I could have gone out and done lots of uh, interesting things. So I went along and I thought, ah, oh, 
jet ski. I've never been on a jet ski before. I really want to try this out. So I went on a jet ski and they said 20 minutes. And I thought, it doesn't sound like a very long um, time to be spending on a jet ski. But it turns out that 20 minutes on a jet ski will kill your hands and it will kill your arms and it will kill your legs and it will kill your back. And so then I did two 50-minute solo juggling shows the same night as me doing a... uh, uh, a jet ski ride and of course my hands didn't work at all it was literally like okay i've got six clubs in my hand i have to throw them all up and catch them all again normally that's not even a problem for me i might drop once or twice but it's actually holding three clubs in my hand was a big big problem so jet skiing tearing a telephone directory in half and various other things are now on my list of of things not to do before doing a juggling show to save to save my body because actually just before the show, some of the technicians are like, oh, yeah, I've been jet skiing before and your legs are really aching. And I was like, no, my legs aren't really aching. And they said, oh, yeah, your legs are really aching. I'm like, no, my legs are fine. And then like later on, about two hours later and all the next day and then all the next day and then all the next day, I was like, oh, my legs. Oh. <laughs> it was uh, really quite a, a thing to go through, I must admit. Anyway, shall we get onto some questions, probably? So, uh, lots of questions. See how long we, how long it takes to get through these. You know, if we've still got some left over at the end, we'll we'll, we'll save them. We'll just do them. another one. Yeah, we'll save them for later on. So, okay, first question from Dave, and he goes, and the question is, what do you think of juggling with with a message like the Christian Jugglers Association, or possibly using juggling to promote an alternative point of view, uh, like atheism, etc. Is it? Alternate or alternative? Is that a big difference? Alternate point of view. I guess you could say alternate or you can say alternate. I just wanted to know if it's a big difference and you just wrote the question wrong. I didn't write the question. Dave, sorry, Dave. No, alternate point of view. Alternative point of view. I guess you could use both of them. Anyway, we're not here to pick up on people's use of English language, Fela. I thought you... It says there. I thought you, yeah, exactly. But I thought you read it wrong, and I thought maybe it means something different, and you read the question wrong. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. I didn't think that he. My English isn't perfect. (laughs) I would never pick on someone's mistakes. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so what do I think of juggling with a message? My view on this is that I always think like juggling is such a silly thing to be doing. Like juggling, it's like you're just throwing and catching stuff, and it's and it's. Like, normally just stupid, you know, throwing and catching some stupid. So if you're trying to attach a serious message to the juggling, it, like, lessens the serious message in quite some way. What do you think, Paula? Yeah, I I think a bit the same. I mean, when you think of advertising, for example, like juggling bottles or juggling energy drinks. Yeah. Where's the message? I mean, it's just crap. <laughs> that is true. But I, I have seen some, some like people like David Kane who sort of he puts out his book, fifty new juggling routines with a Christian message, and they do this kind of stuff like clowning for Christ, and you do this, and I'm looking at it, and it's like, oh, it's like it's so, um, it's just so, like crude crudely put together messages like jesus died on a cross and making a cross shape with your hand with some balls in the air and buddha died and throw a ball onto the ground it's like wait a second isn't like christianity and religion and all these worldviews isn't that meant to be important and juggling is just rubbish on the flip side of that same kind of thing i really think that um putting another kind of message like say a christian message or something like that i think that really lessens the value of juggling itself it's like hey juggling is not good enough to present just by itself here let me attach a message to it and suddenly you know it becomes more meaningful and i just think both from both different directions juggling with a message spoils the message and spoils the juggling um so yeah 
that's uh, that's my view on that one. Let's move on to the next one. Dave, uh, David, not Dave this time, different Dave. Okay, he asked the question, how did you and Polar meet? So, Polar, I'm going to turn this one over to you. Do you want to say? Didn't we talk about that before? I don't can't know. we say like listen to a podcast? I remember? can't remember. But let's just quickly we said we'd we said we'd answer every question. So oh, let's okay, just do okay. a quick thing. And talk a bit louder into the mic. Uh, yeah, sure. Um I think we met in no, I saw you first in Denmark at the EJC in Denmark two thousand and three. Luke didn't see me there. I mean I had a boyfriend and And I was also involved with another girl oh, um yeah. at that convention too. So yes. And then we saw each other again. At the EJC in Lille, in France, 2004. And there we actually saw each other. And we... The, the, the way it worked was that I saw Poland. I was thinking, whoa, there's Poland. She was obviously looking mean, having sort of like similar thoughts back in my direction. So what we'd actually do, we, we never actually talked to each other, but we were following each other around the convention. But without noticing but, that the other person is doing the same. Well, it's not so much without noticing, but without knowing for sure, if you okay, know what I mean. Yeah, I, didn't, sure. I didn't know it that way. So that's pretty much how it was that, you know, I, I, I saw this good looking girl going around and I was like, oh, like that. But that was actually a convention um, that, that uh, well... I don't know. I I didn't get involved with with anyone at that convention and didn't re I didn't want to or didn't think about that at all. You know, it wasn't the kind of it wasn't the kind of like. And I still had the same boyfriend. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and Polar still had a boyfriend of seven years, and then so after that, like um, normally after conventions, after a big convention like that, when you're performing on stage, and at, at that point I had a website with a little message on saying like I'm on Yahoo Messenger, message me. So people would go, oh Luke Burridge, look at it like that, and I get lots of messages back through um, from people saying, hey, so you at the convention, good show, or hey, enjoyed your workshop or something like that thank you and there was this one message just went came through saying hi i saw you at the ejc and i'd had lot, sort of like four or five other messages after the ejc in caravan um but this one i suddenly just thought hey wait a second that could be that girl who i was walking around <laughs> with all the time or not walking around with other but sort of trying to trying to find and i knew she was in know the bar. my name i didn't even know your names but i saw oh wait she's in the bar so i'd go into the bar and dance for a while and then i would be like i would go into a shower and some one of polar's friends that she was there would go over to polar and say oh luke's just had a shower and this was like five o'clock in the morning so then polar came over and sat at the edge of the hall in the in the main <laughs> hall waiting for me to come out of the shower um, just so she That's could so see me it's true though but the thing is because <laughs> I went out I just had a shower but I saw Polo was there not knowing you know that she had come there just to see me then I thought oh well she's here I'll just now hang out and juggle for a bit more in the gym so I juggle again get all sweaty again not really wanting to do this and uh, yeah at it was five o'clock in the and morning and five o'clock in the morning just because hey there's a cute and then cute you girl kicked that ball exactly into our direction yeah 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 and I, was, I was juggling footballs and oh Oh, look, it bounced over to Polar, so Polar has to roll it back. Yeah, so that's how we <laughs> properly met the first time. But it wasn't until afterwards that we actually ever chatted online, and the first picture that Polar ever sent me was this one of her pulling the most ugliest, disgusting face. And I was like, Yeah, that? I wanted to see if you have the right kind of humour. I mm. mean, if you wouldn't have laughed about that, that would have been it. It would have been. <laughs> and then we chatted online for a while, and then suddenly I chatted and some message came back saying, Who's this? And it turns out that Polar had logged on on her boyfriend's computer. And uh, so, did he actually write back to I you? I can't remember. It was sort of like just a like a message saying, "Sorry, talk later" or something like that. And then, like Polar dropped offline for the next three days, and then came back and said, <laughs> "Oh, I've got something to tell you. I've got a boyfriend." <laughs> anyway, that's how we met. And then it was it was many, many, many months later, probably around about eight months later, uh, after Polar had. Um, got rid of the current boyfriend and yeah so that's when we finally got together but we, I, we didn't two-time anyone it was nothing like that it's just that uh, yeah 
seems a bit strange, but uh, that's the story of how we met. I know we've definitely never talked about it that much in detail but on the also, podcast before. Also, then I just asked you before we actually were together, I asked you, do you want to come on a road trip with me? No, because I we'd we'd actually got together by that point. We'd spent a whole night kissing and stuff. Yeah, but we have different opinions about <laughs> being together at that point or not. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Next question from Dave Morrison. What are your goals as individual jugglers and as a team? Uh, well, as an individual juggler, I want to do a new bouncing routine in this big... I've got a big juggling project that you'll find out over time uh, if you keep listening to the podcast and keep subscribing to my YouTube channel. Polar, as a juggler? As an individual juggler, I guess the answer is just nothing. I mean, I won't do anything by myself. I will maybe host some more shows, but then yeah. not okay. As that a performer, you want, definitely as want a to juggler. do more. Yeah. yeah, and we want to keep performing. Oh, yeah, it's together though. Yeah, anyway, anyth- yeah. anything else? Oh, so together, uh, individual, uh, like as a team, we want to do more team juggling, like nine clubs. Our nine clubs is coming on really well. Again, Polo doesn't juggle so much by herself, but we can run I don't nine clubs juggle at all. We can run nine clubs now, and just to do, keep doing street show festivals and keep winning street show festivals and keep keep doing other stuff as well. Yeah. Um, Next question from Dave. He actually sent like quite a few. Um, Luke, do you make enough money juggling <laughs> that you could support yourself, or does Polar subsidise y- your juggling habit? Uh, well, the way that it actually I like works, that. I think that's such a cool question. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite interesting the way that we actually do it. Polar and I, we we do actually do a lot of juggling together. So the juggling gigs that we do together, like going away, yeah, on, gigs, yeah, not gigs, juggling, yeah. yeah. The gig we do, we perform a lot, a lot more together than we actually like practice together. And pa- Polar practices by herself, in a in a way. So say over the summer we go away for uh, like four, five, six weeks or something. Do lots of street show festivals for ourselves, and also um, with uh, over say over the winter we went away and did lots of uh, cruise ship gigs by ourselves, and we did the same last year. So the way that it works is any gig that we do together, pretty much all of that goes into the uh, into our house finances, and. And we get a bit each, but a, the biggest chunk of it actually goes in there. So that pretty much pays for yeah. all our house stuff. Um, and then individually, we do our individual work. So Polo working as a graphic designer and artist, she then puts 20% of all the money that she makes from that into the, the into our joint account. And I put 20% of all the money that I get from my solo stuff into our joint account. And all of that is enough for us to get by. It's not yeah. that Polar subsidizes me in any way. It's just that I subsidize your juggling with me joining your juggling. Yes, but I don't so subsidize get, with money. Yeah, so we get bigger gigs or different gigs and more gigs because we work as a team. So it's not like Polar's subsidizing me or I'm subsidizing her. It's just we do quite well together with our teamwork and our individual works feeding into into our account. So yeah, I hope that works out. Uh, answers it. Uh, Another question from David. He's got six questions here. Jason Garfield says in his podcast that Luke participated in the WJF at the BJC solely to mock the WJF. What is your response? And my response is that uh, I've definitely talked about this before on the podcast, is that I took part in the WJF competition at the BJC just to, ta- just to see what it was like to take part in a WJF competition at all. And, and now you know you don't like it. And now I know. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't s- mocking the WJF. I was taking part... And trying to have fun taking part. Um, maybe I did mock it slightly, but it was it, I wasn't trying to mock it completely. I was just, you know, trying to take part and have fun doing it in the same way that other people, you know, take part and, uh, and try and have fun. 
And also he says, have you heard Jason's podcast? What do you think? I saw his video podcast, one of him going out and doing a gig. Very interesting. Never actually listened to his other podcasts because when they came out, they weren't in MP3 format. And I didn't have an iPod at the time. I guess now I've got an iPod, I could go back and listen to them. But, you know, they were recorded years ago, so I haven't thought of doing that. And finally, David Morrison's last question is, what do you think of Chris Bliss's viral juggling video? You know the one? The, the Beatles one. You know, he's on stage, three balls. You'd know it if I show you. Chris mm-hmm. Bliss, the three-ball juggler. He just does three-ball routine. It's like 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Come on, Polar. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You Sorry. know what I mean? Guy yeah. with the grey hair. I just hair. didn't know his yeah, name. Chris Bliss, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a good routine, and it hit the spot with a lot of audience. Uh, what do you think, Polar? Do you like it? I really liked it. Yeah. It's I thought it went on for a bit too long, but yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, it is It is definitely a um, a long-distance routine as well. Uh, I guess it's very, very uh, viral. You know, it's it's gone around the internet many, many times. And in a way, it, it made juggling more popular. Yeah. Because people, even random people who doesn't didn't have anything to do with juggling, sent me that video saying, hey, look at that, found that on the internet. Do you like it? Yeah, I did like it. I'm just saying it's like it was interesting because it wasn't the normal guy in the middle of a circus juggling ring going that kind of thing. It was actually something a bit different. And that's why I'd put like uh, Greg Kennedy's Koenig video where he stands in the cone and rolls the balls around the inside of the video. That went viral as well because it was something interesting. It was a different style of of presentation of juggling that people hadn't seen before. So, uh, you know, outside the, the public's normal view of juggling and... This is the key to it. Really good. They're both really good jugglers who've been performing and developing their act for a long time. Um, one second. Is is it gone buzzing in the? No. Oh, that was you. Sorry, that's sorry. Uh, we're using a new mixing desk tonight, so I, was, I suddenly thought the uh, the sound quality had gone down. Anyway, let's move on. Nick asks these questions. He says, "I've recently been attempting a five ball flash just to see if I could get a good five ball c- cascade going anytime soon. But whenever I try to do the pattern, it just goes insane. How long does it take most jugglers to learn five balls?" Um, well, the first thing that you've got to do is, what is learning five balls? Is it sort of like getting the flash of five catches? Or is it like 20 catches? Or is it 20 catches every time you try it? Or is it like getting 100 catches every practice session or something like that? So... I guess uh, most jugglers, I guess a few months to be able to get 20 catches, you know, most times, I guess. I don't know exactly. The way that I looked It'll at it was It'll take that me my whole life. No, Polo, if you wanted to, you could probably learn it quite easily. Yeah, if I wanted to. <laughs> if you wanted to. That's true. <laughs> um, uh, the thing is, my goal when I started five ball juggling, oh, to be honest, when I was just doing it, it was like, okay, learn five balls. But I needed a goal. I needed like a deadline to hit. I needed something to aim for rather than just randomly going for it. So this is what I'd suggest to you is, is set a goal for yourself. I want to be able to do five balls for 20 catches 10 times in a row and keep doing it. And keep practicing until you get there, and you'll get there. And then, of course, by the time you get there, it'll be easy for you. Um, my big goal when I was learning to juggle five balls, or when I got more into it, was that I wanted to go into a, a five-ball endurance competition against Ben Beaver and win. And that took me around about three, three and a half years, I guess. So when I actually beat Ben Beaver for the first time in a five-ball endurance, and it was a long, it was a long run, and uh, I was very impressed with myself after that. So... Next question, Greg, he says, another five-ball question. Oh, I wrote this down as a note, so I put these five-ball questions together. He says, what are some good ways to build up to juggling five balls? Um, I'm working on three-ball snake, three-ball flash, three-ball fountain, and the three-ball snake is very tough for me. 
I've not found a way to master it. Okay, Greg, here is my big advice for anyone learning five balls. Okay, so hold five balls, three in one hand, two in the other, and just juggle three of them. And when you're juggling three, 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 like that, then flash all five balls up so you throw one high, one high, one high, and then you've got some space underneath. So then just throw those last two as well. So you go three, 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 five, 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 and then just hold on to the balls that you catch and then go back into three ball juggling. And if you keep doing this, you'll soon realize the speed the pace that you need to do three balls and the pace that you need to do five balls and how high that you need to do it because the, th- the three ball snake is a really tough it's a really tough trick and a three ball flash while interesting and while uh, a good exercise in some way it's really hard to get the timing and the height right because you've not got anything underneath it so that's my uh, big thing for you and his other question polar don't bash the microphone against your head <laughs> sorry that you don't have much input here into the five ball questions Mm. Great response there. Um, in a recent publication of Ball Juggler, Encyclopedia, uh, let me start that again. In a recent publication of the Encyclopedia of Ball Juggling by Charlie Dancy, he talks about side swap state tables. Do you find such tables helpful with your juggling? Well, I don't really want to go into what these are. If, if you don't know what these are, you can look them up online or check out the Encyclopedia of Ball Juggling. But I find them interesting, but they don't actually help with juggling in any way. They help look for new patterns. The thing is with site swaps, all of the good patterns that you can find easily within a, um, a, a state diagram or a state table, they've all been found already. So instead I actually put together some beatmap state tables which are a lot more complex in some ways, but they work with synchronous patterns and multiplex patterns and three-handed patterns and things like that. And hopefully in the future I'll publish them online for you to see them. Anyway, shall we move on? Let's... let's uh, Flick through a uh, another into another question. Okay, here you go. Will says, Luke, answer this one for me. How come the juggling and art podcast wasn't featuring Polar? He says, I thought it was pretty bad that she wasn't involved. It made perfect sense to me. You, the juggler, Polar, the artist, to have a good discussion about it. This omission is why I stopped listening to your podcasts. Hmm. Will, I was really wondering too. <laughs> You have to imagine, I didn't know anything about the podcast. It just, I came back from my work from Aachen and Luke told me that he did that juggling and art podcast and I thought, oh cool, that would have been quite interesting for me. Uh, yeah, but I just did it. Yeah, the reason was is because I really inspired to do this after talking to someone at the BJC and it's like, what's your opinion on art? And I'm like... Uh, or a ju- juggling or something like that because that was the big thing I guess from wreck juggling at the time and and I was like okay if you want to have this conversation with me if you actually want to discuss this with me I said you've got to sit there and listen to me put forward a very clear concise way of or me telling you about my views on art you know it's, it's quite a heavy subject so sit there listen to me for half an hour tell you about it and then we can actually talk like on a level playing field because every example you bring up I'll then have to sort of explain away and if you bring this example or ask me about this I'll then have to explain it and explain it in different ways whereas if you just let me get my views across all in one go it means that I don't have to you know think about that anymore everyone knows exactly where i stand and then can discuss it from there so i was really inspired to do this and i just didn't want anyone to ask questions all the way through and because uh, it was I'm mainly not to... asking questions all the way through yeah but if you don't ask questions probably you sort of fall asleep <laughs> <laughs> and you would not have been able to not ask questions in that one or you'd have been like Ugh. like you know remember that time when we did the the podcast about the history of juggling on the internet at the end of it you're like why did you make me sit through that because it's just you talking all the time mm, yeah so that I was... and also Polo was in Aachen and um, and 
it was like I say mainly to inspire debate and that podcast is the one podcast that got the biggest reaction of any podcast that I've ever given I got more email responses back more discussion on Red Juggling and it was all really high level discussion and that's why I put it out there because I wanted people to listen to it and then come back with their discussion maybe the you same should little... do all your podcasts by yourself that's not the point Paula. that's <laughs> not the point that was a very very specific and very um, meaningful case to me and also you say It's just not fair when it's actually interesting me that you do it by yourself. Okay, well, I said I gave you opportunity on later podcasts to talk more about it, but we never really got into it as much, I guess. I guess maybe in the future we could maybe have I another discussion. It. Yeah, you should actually listen to it. <laughs> This is exactly it. This is exactly it. So also, you say uh, you, the juggler, Polar, the artist, have a good discussion about it. The thing is, I consider myself just as much of an artist as I consider Polar an artist. Sure, she's a traditional artist working with art galleries and, you know, selling pieces of artwork, whereas I consider myself an artist in a different way, um, but still different. just as much as an artist. What was that, Polar? Nothing. I didn't hear you. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'll have to listen back to that bit now. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, Paul Ballard, you joined in the five club endurance competition at this year's British Juggling Convention, and you use my clubs to do so. My questions are, why didn't you win? And why won't the clubs do that for me? So, question A, why didn't they you win? They are not magic clubs. Yeah. No, I said question A first. Yeah, but... Question two. That, that yeah. answers to both. <laughs> yeah, I didn't win because your clubs aren't magic. No, the thing is, <laughs> for me, I know that I can do five clubs a really, really long time. The thing is, if Wes Peden is also juggling five clubs, he knows he can also do five clubs for a really, really long time. So I don't think I actually dropped in that one. I just stopped juggling because it got to the point. It's like, okay, I, I don't really don't need, so. to put the, don't need to put into it. You don't think what? I don't think that you just stopped. No, I did. I probably just stopped. Paul, if you saw me do it, I didn't win. Tell me if I just stopped and just returned the clubs to you or if I actually tried to go through and into the end. Because I've done it quite a few times now that I've done five clubs and think, okay, if everyone else drops within a minute, I'll have won. But if it goes on longer than a minute, it's like I can't be asked to juggle anymore. And then I just put the clubs down and, and go back. My record for, eight, uh, for, for, for five clubs is about eight and a half minutes, if anyone cares. And to know. then you felt like after jet skiing. No, no, it's not, because it was that was the time when I was actually doing around, probably around about an hour and a quarter's worth of five club juggling every day, or at least like four days You're a week. You're not juggling very much at the moment, are you? I know, because I'm, I'm doing too many press-ups. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Okay, here's one from Fak from Alice, and she says, Do you see the juggling community, both online and in real life, with the quote marks, um, as becoming more or less divided in the coming years, with sections focusing on particular areas. For example, Diablo, spinners, sports juggling. And is that speciality or specialism, uh, specialising, is that a good or a bad thing? So, yeah, it is actually happening. I definitely see it happening more. For example, you actually get POI conventions or POI meetups and you get Diablo conventions. That's cool. Don't and they do that? Yeah, they do. Then they don't come to our conventions. <laughs> no, sure, sure, sure. I meant to say this is a good thing or something. Oh. Um, or a bad thing. No, I'm not quite sure. Um, and, of course, there's some Diablo competitions, some Diablo meetups. I know there's been some in, in Germany, in Finland, in France. There's been contact juggling conventions. There's been sports juggling conventions. Yeah, and there's been, like, experimental juggling conventions, passing juggling conventions conventions of course the pass out conventions um so it's definitely happening it is definitely becoming more divided um but i always think there's this umbrella like 
we're all jugglers there together and the EJC brings everyone together no yeah. matter what's happening there's always the EJC and the EJC is always very important for every single area so yeah sure there's individual Diabolo competition but the EJC is where as many Diabolos get together as well you know there's the the 531 where lots of like interesting new jugglers get together but still the same level of things happen at the EJC so I think it's actually a good thing that people can go to a convention and just get what they want out of it but I also uh, um, think it's a good thing that they everyone can come together at the EJC for example I uh, I went to a a British unicycling convention years and years ago. We went there together. Yeah, yeah, but this is, let me get to the first one that I went to oh. and the ones previous because I said, uh, yeah, is it, is it just unicycling? And the guys were going, oh, no, because I talked to other people. It's like, yeah, they say it's a unicycle convention, but like last year when we went, by the end of it, there was nobody unicycling anymore and everyone was doing club passing and juggling and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I went along there and it wasn't quite that way, but there was still a lot of jugglers there. Then I went the next year, or maybe I missed a year, and then went the next year. And then by the year that Polo and I went together, there was like me and Polo who didn't do unicycling, two other guys or three other people who weren't unicyclists, a few of the lo- very local jugglers, but otherwise it was all unicyclists. And I was talking to some of them and it's like, yeah, why are we having a show? For them, it was a sporting event. They went there to play unicycle hockey. They went there to jump over things on unicycles. They went there to pass their unicycle proficiency tests. And for them to suddenly have a show, it's like, what? Well, why do we want to see a juggling show? I mean, they enjoyed the shows in a way. I mean, I got some, you know, some good feedback from some of the silly unicycling jokes that I was doing in there. But it's like they they want to see unicycling and sort of juggling kind of side of things didn't really have a big input into that. So um, I think it's good. I think it's good for speciali- speciality kind of As jugglers. long as they all come back together at the EJC? Yeah, as long as people can get together at the EJC. So I think it's a good thing for individuals, uh, but it's a bad thing for uh, juggling as a ho- as a whole if it, if everyone does break off, because I always like that feedback, but you get that in the EJC. So that's pretty cool. Okay, question from Robert. He says, this is kind about you, but also a bit of advice for... Oh, let's say that again. <laughs> this is kind... This is kind about you. I didn't you. get that sentence. Yeah, he's written it wrong. This is kind of about you, but also a bit of advice for people like me. He says, basically, I want to know, how did you get into performing? I presume you were juggling first, or did you go to drama school or something? Well, actually, you presume wrong. Um, I did learn juggling years and years and years ago, but it was just one of many hobbies. I really wanted to do performing arts. I wanted to be on stage doing like acting and comedy acting, maybe a bit music, dance, whatever. So I, um, at school, I studied, uh, I did took the performing arts course option and then after I did that I went to college for two years did full-time performing arts training acting and music mainly and then I went to studied music at university and it was only actually when I got to university did I seriously start thinking about juggling as my main kind of artistic expression my main kind of performing thing to do before then it was always um, acting and then it turned a bit more into music because that's what I decided to do at university Um, but it was only when I got more and more into juggling throughout college and university that I decided to do that but for example in 1999 um, there was the the British juggling convention was just you know not far away from my house it was about 30 miles up in Durham away from my house where I was living at the time but I didn't go there I went down to Cornwall and went surfing and I did that for, for quite a few holidays then but by that time the next year I went to the BJC and then almost every holiday I took after there after that was going to British juggling conventions and other juggling conventions because that's what really interested me it was very much uh something that happened in 2000 where I thought hey I want to be on stage juggling I don't want to be up there playing music or acting and stuff like that I want to get up there and juggle so that's where I did and his next question next by the question oh no Polo tell you what 
how about you talk about performing and what what how you got into performing um go for it me yeah oh, i thought we are at the next question no no just you just fill in for this one i started performing at a school circus in 92 or yeah. something yeah i mean you can't really call it performing i mean i was on stage with a group of other pupils and we did a show and i was doing that for maybe six six years and then i still went on with a su uh, school circus as a as a leader as, as a, helper. a leader yeah as a helper and that's where luke and me met in 2003 and when we actually got together i started juggling yeah because before i mainly did uh, acrobalance And so I started juggling, and since then, I guess you all know the story. Yeah, but also you, you, you started juggling with me a bit more and didn't do any acrobalance and stuff, mainly because you broke your ankle, didn't you? So you, didn't, you, <laughs> never, you were always scared to do any kind of acrobatics or acrobalance again, weren't you? Yeah, because I couldn't walk for six weeks. And, and you're in a wheelchair and with crutches and everything. Yeah, and everyone who didn't have that or doesn't have that experience doesn't know how bad that is and juggling it's, it's much harder to break your ankle with juggling so that's another reason why to get into juggling apart from acrobatics so uh, yeah yeah so yeah next part of the question this would be quite helpful to know because i'm at the stage where i can do the juggling and i've done a few performances to music but nothing spoken or really big so the question is how do you make the step from juggler to performer well i actually made the this more of a step from being a performer and then deciding to become a performing juggler so I didn't really make that step so much, but of course, I definitely did learn a lot at college doing performing arts. So if you wanted to do anything spoken stuff, go to a like a, just somewhere that you can get up on stage and speak more, you know, use every opportunity that you can get up to speak uh, to, to do so and every opportunity that you can get up and juggle to do so. That is always the advice I'll give to anyone. Perform as much as you possibly can. Every renegade get up there and do something. Show something. Every open stage, put together a routine for it. Get up there and do something. Anytime, yeah, anytime you've got a chance, just get up and do it. And that's the I'm only way. I'm at that way. level at the moment. Yeah, Polar's <laughs> all like hey, hey I'll, I'll host this show. Hey, yeah, let me do this. Hey, let's do that. And, let me do and the thing is at the moment, Polar's all like, oh yeah, let's put together a routine like this and i'm like polar <laughs> we don't have any time to put together new routines now because you know we're both doing so much of our own individual work and polar's always wanting to take a break from juggling but always wanting to work on new routines at the same time so uh, at the moment we're just keeping our our separate lives yeah our separate, separate lives, lives and just keeping this one routine our art of juggling routine together because we did put together a whole new show i mean a full show with like a like lasers and video projections smoke <laughs> machine and pops and all that kind of glow clubs and everything like that we performed it once and that was it we don't really have chance to perform as much as we want to now um but that's what you have to do get up perform all the time the only way you'll perform is get up and suck and get up and fail and get up and then like the fifth time you do it you'll have a huge reaction and get a standing ovation well maybe not the fifth time but you know it'll happen and then it becomes really really worth it and now even the last two gigs that i did standing ovations two of them in one night on a cruise ship that's never happens hardly ever happens and i was like woohoo so i'll probably be booked on that ship again um anyway so here we go um here's a question by plumsy peter he says what made you think that you were enough of an authority on juggling to present 
a regular podcast. What made you first think you were enough of an authority on juggling to present a regular podcast? My answer to that is, I don't really think I am enough of an authority on juggling, because I don't think anyone is enough of an authority on juggling, because it doesn't you exist. You just do it or not. Yeah, you just do it. You, re- you either write the book, or you don't write the book, or you write the magazine article, or you don't write the magazine article, or you we, post we online. Understand the, I know, but I'm just saying, so you either, you either do the podcast, or you don't. I'm not the only person to do juggling podcasts, you know. Um... But it's like you don't you, you you don't need to question people why they want to do it or why they think they have enough opinions or why they think they have enough knowledge to do it. I know I have enough knowledge to do it, and I don't think I, I know I don't. No, but, but at together least I know together it. we can talk about <laughs> lots of stuff, you know. Um, but I don't think I am an authority, and I don't need to be an authority. It's like uh, what are the questions of uh, uh, you know what are the the ways of gauging if you're an authority on something, you know, like. I wrote the Wikipedia article on, on juggling when it was, like, first absolutely crap, and I made a big thing of it, the history of juggling. You know, a lot of the uh, the Wikipedia, all that stuff was stuff that I wrote about juggling. I wrote the, the juggling fact, like the frequent asked questions for IJDB, you know, wrote the compendium articles and put that together or helped put that together as well. You know, I've, I've got a lot of background and a lot of knowledge, but I don't think I'm an authority. I don't think one exists. Maybe there's, like, two people in the world who could be considered to do, be an authority, but they're probably not not an authority on podcasting or juggling internet-wise or the EJC or something in very specific areas, for very specific areas. And I just know I've got a no- lot of knowledge and a lot of passion and a lot of opinions. And that's what it's all about when you're podcasting, I think. And fun. And fun. I have a lot of fun doing this. And uh, again, as we said before, like um, I can't remember who I was talking to. Oh, no, I was chatting online. Jason Garfield put up the prize. Whoever wins the um, the WJF out of him and Thomas Dietz, the next competition, wins the presidency of the WJF. It's sort of like, who will take the title of president of the WJF? Paul is sitting there frowning at me. Yes, this is actually <laughs> happening. Jason Garfield and Thomas are going to have a grudge match to see who is going to be like the figurehead at the top of the WJF at this, this year's competition. And um, I'd do the same thing. If somebody else wants to put out a, a better juggling podcast... Great. Uh, they can be called the Juggling Podcast. You know, it's called the Juggling Podcast, and the, but because it was the only one when I set it up at the time, and I thought it was just a catchy name, Juggling Podcast. Why not? And uh, but if someone else does a better podcast than me, they can have the name of Juggling Podcast. They can even take my RSS feed and and everything like that. You know, it's no problem at all. They can win it from me if they do a good job. I don't mind. I'd love that to do. I'd love that to happen. I'd love there to be more podcasts about juggling and more good content online. Um, so there you go. What do you think, Polar? Someone should win this from us? Yes. You think? Of course. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm enjoying ju- that, but we could still do it. Yeah, and we could we could still do it we again. We could we'll, call, call it Juggling Podcast 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the second question is, um, is this, why do you dislike people using pseudonyms on the IJDP chat room? As I was very offended by some of your comments a while back. Like pseudonyms as in, like people come on and call themselves Juggler. And I'm like... Yeah, really creative, guys. You want to chat online about juggling to jugglers and you call yourself Juggler23. No, my my uh, thing about this is that when you're online, I don't consider being online to be different from real life. You know, I have just as meaningful interactions with people online. You know, I chat to friends every single day online all the time. Well, not all the time, but every day, <clears throat> most days. All the time. It, well, it's always there in the background. So whenever I'm on a computer, the chat room's open there. And I find it really good that, you know, we can chat there. And I know all of them personally quite well. And some of them 
uh, personally not quite so well, but I know who they are. And as soon as I see a name online, it's like it's like when you turn up at a party and everyone's using their like real names and they're talking to each other as one another. And then some guy is sitting there in the corner with a mask over his head with a voice coder on so you can't hear his voice properly and won't give anyone his real name. It's like, I don't want to talk to that person. If they're not going to identify with me as a real person, I don't want to talk to them at all so uh, that's why i say as soon as anyone comes into a chat room and they're not using a real name or if they use a nickname and i get to know them by a nickname that's fine but if they're juggler 23 it's like no seriously what's your name ted if i'm gonna know you as ted let me call you ted or get yourself a, a better um nickname that's what i say so we've got to the final question and it's only like 40 minutes in so 40 38 minutes in so this is pretty cool um so we got through this perfect number of questions, I think. So Kai asks, you probably got this question already several times, just in case not. Great English there again. Um, the question of yeah. like, sorry, <laughs> just in case not, uh, just in case you haven't. The question I'd like you to answer is the following. What is the question of life, universe, and everything? I guess you know the answer to the question. So do I. <laughs> it's not well faced. It's oh. 42. No, that's the, the answer to the question. He wants to know what is the question of life, universe, and everything. Uh, which of course is, is is yet another Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe thing um, which, you know, I like Douglas Adams as much as the next person, probably more than the next person because I really like his, his writing style I'm a big fan, but seriously hasn't this joke been made enough times already? It's like, what's the meaning of Life Universe? Yeah, 42, and then what's the question of Life Universe? Yeah, sorry, sorry Kai, you get zero points for that question. Um, I think the answer to Life, the Universe and everything is uh, have fun and let others have fun and the question is what should you do with life the universe and everything and that is have fun <laughs> and let other people have lots of fun what do you think Fola? what's your answer to world peace no no seriously can't. world peace no world peace world peace but everyone's <laughs> in a box with wires going in and out of the head everything's completely peaceful is it fun no it's not that's the thing you see world peace but have fun mm-hmm. and let other people have fun too sure that's it yeah. And with with the the uh, question the answer to the question of life, the universe and everything when it comes to juggling, my answer is there are no rules. Do whatever you want to do. Jugglers will love you anyway. Well, they might not no, love you. Especially then. Yeah. <laughs> they might not love you anyway. They might uh, sort of shun you in a way, but at least they'll accept you in their shunningness. So that's the end of the uh, questions that we have here. Thank you very much for all the questions. Some really good questions, some uh, questions. Uh, what do you think, Polo? Should we do this again maybe in another 60 podcast time? Sure, if no one won the presentation <laughs> of our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and other people, send in your own podcasts and we'll, um, we'll see who wins the, the title of Juggling Podcast. So anyway, this weekend coming, we're going to the Chapter 2 convention. Actually, let me just Woo! quickly bring this up here because we could, we could do this pretty well. So Chapter 2 festival here let me just see if i can click on the lineup here we go so let's just say some of the people who are going to be there at the convention we've got the addicted crew yeah because the addicted crew are great because we love their dvd we've got audrey we've got bram we've got carlos or ian as well um we've got emilia tau don't know who that is eric longolugulugunu who's um eric you know eric, eric? from france die below guy 
Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, we've got Gab, we've got Florian, we've got uh, Guillaume. Oh, we've got loads of really cool people here. Mintam is going to be there. Matthias Romier, Marco Paoletti. Lots of people. Wes Peden's going to be there. Priam, Orin. Hey, lots of really good jugglers are going to be there. So if you want to go on to like, chapter2.be and see if there's anyone in this list who you think we should talk to and interview for the uh, the, the podcast that we do next week, or if, they, if you want us to do a longer interview with them, uh, like for a standalone podcast just with that person, tell us about it. I definitely think um, Bram and... Um, who's the other guy? Bram and... I just know them as Fred and Polly and, Paul and Freddy now. Bram and Sander. Yeah, so... <laughs> whew, got there at the end. Sander down there at the bottom. Uh, we talked to them at the BJ, the EJC and they're like, hey, the yeah, let's do, yeah, let's do a, let's do a, um, an interview. And we're like, yeah, let's do an interview. And then one of them left early so we didn't actually get a chance to do it. But we'll definitely do it here because it's their convention and we want them to talk about Chapter 2, etc., etc. So, anything else, Prola? No. I'm really excited about the convention. Me too. We're leaving tomorrow. We're going to make a whole week out of it. We're going to go to the sea. We're going to see Bruges. Or Brugge, as it's called Brugge. in German. Brugge, as it's called in German. Um, so, yeah, send in your emails. Luke at juggler.net. Join the Facebook group. Uh, email me. Yeah. Email Paula. Two. Two. See you later. Bye.